What's up, 20s? It's me, Alfonso. Um, today, we don't have Yanka, my co-host, because we are doing a special episode with a great friend of mine named Annie Huang. Annie, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Alfonso's friend from college, Annie, currently based in L.A., um, and very happy to be here. Yes, and Annie <laughs> had an idea about talking about fear as a topic in this podcast mm. and i think it's a perfect topic for you know this podcast named what's up 20s we all navigate our 20s kind of sort of trying to figure it out and we have a lot of fears and fears differ from a person to the next we have but we both have different fears right so yeah i think it'll be a great episode to talk about what are her fears? What are my fears? How are they different? And how do we deal with them? You know? Yeah. I think the topic mainly came up because, you know, naturally with your friends in mm -hmm. their 20s, you talk about things that scare you. Yes. Um, you know, it's it's healthy. It's normal to talk about things that scare you. But oftentimes I feel like we don't spend enough time talking about the things that make us afraid. Yes. Um, and not just physical things, but things like really deep in the back of our brains. And right. so I think uh, having that conversation with you when we first had it, when you came to visit, mm -hmm. um, was very eye-opening for the both of us that I think, you know, would benefit a lot of people, I feel like, listening in on it. And yes, we briefly talked about our fears, like for really not a long time, you know, just the surface level. Mm -hmm. And it already helped tremendously to really talk about it out loud with a person in the same room you know i don't think a lot of people discuss their fears because it's yeah. something it's a thought that scares them that's why yeah i think also because like you know sometimes people are not aware of what they are because mm -hmm. we get all of these like really complicated feelings inside whether it's anxiety or like you know even sometimes confusion or like fear or like generalizing fear as something that we feel as opposed to breaking it down to things that scare us into right. the specifics of what they are. So instead, we feel like sometimes, you know, for like highly productive people, they get into a routine, like, that's something that I do is like, being highly productive, like staying busy and avoiding all of those uncomfortable feelings. Or on the opposite side, there are people who just don't like aren't able to be productive. And mm -hmm. so um, they have a hard time like finishing things or starting things because yes. of these fears and because of these feelings. Um, and so I think like talking about it helps to identify what they are. Mm -hmm. And I always believe that when we realize what it is we're talking about or thinking about or see, it, see things as they are, mm -hmm. we are, we tend to be less afraid of them. Right. Yes. Because for a lot of people, including myself, sometimes, yeah. not all the time, but sometimes fear consumes me, you know, it consumes right, right. people. And like you said, it stops them from continuing and being right. productive. Right. And then the other spectrum is the one who is able to, you know, navigate through the fear and like sort of overcome it. So there are really right, right. different types of people and their style of dealing with it. Um, yeah. And like you said, you know, 
it, it comes from like creating a plan to mm-hmm. overcome it, but it's hard for people to come up with a plan or solution to yes. overcome those things if they don't know what it is, right? right? If like I looked at you and we decided that your fear was, I don't know, something random, like mm-hmm. a fear of heights, yes. then you're like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go to the second floor of this building <laughs> and I'm going to try that. And then to the next day, I'm going to mm-hmm. try the next thing and the next thing to get over that. But yeah. without knowing what that fear is, you can't try those things, you know? Exactly. So I think, which brings us to this podcast mm-hmm. of talking openly about some of our fears and what do they look like? Because I think it varies so differently between people. Right. And I think we often think that we have the same fear as other people uh-huh. because we think it's such a big deal that other people must think it's a big deal too. But you know, like how we talk about in exactly. our conversation in our private conversation, we realize that our fears were so different. You know, the things right. I care about, you don't really care about. The things right. that you care about, I find to be, you know, not that important. Uh-huh. And so I think it, it's very helpful to, like, know that, like, you know, oh, maybe people don't care about this as much as I do. And exactly. so maybe I don't need to place that much importance on something so menial, yeah. you know? And maybe at the end of this conversation, you have a solution or a plan, an action plan to yeah. try and overcome one of the fears that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a great segue to the actual topic and the actual structure of this conversation where we're going to talk about our top three fears. Mm. Um, so we'll work our way <laughs> up from our third fear up to the ultimate fear that we have. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And I think you're actually a perfect guest for this, for this episode with me. <laughs> Because we went to, you know, we went to film school together. We're sort of in the same industry. You're currently working Mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry. So we, Mm -hmm. I think we would be able to relate to each other's fears somehow. Mm, Um, Absolutely. I think so. Because we have a lot of share experiences and also like experiences before college of Uh like, you know, being immigrants and being like the first to go to college and all of those things. I think. Uh, there's definitely a lot of common things between mm-hmm. us but that being said our fears might look drastically different exactly. even so so exactly yeah well it, since you're the host i feel like you should start us off with um okay. with your fear so okay <laughs> first of all these the top three fears that i have are very like i'm gonna get like really vulnerable here because i just there's no like beating around the bush it's like these are my fears i'm gonna be honest you know get some tears for some followers that's what i'm saying that's how how you get followers to listen um but my third fear is fear of growing old alone so fear of being alone right fear of being alone but no like growing it down growing old alone like you know when we're in our say 50s 60s and i'm and i still don't have a partner and i'm just in my like like you're saying it doesn't matter that you don't have a partner now in time you want one when you're 60 or 70 right because we're only in our 20s that is we are young you know so i'm not (laughs) i'm not pressed on not having a partner now to build with it would be nice but i feel like time is flying and this fear of mine, fear of growing old alone is becoming more and more, you know, it's been in my mind 
all the time. Yeah. And I feel like the pressure is slowly like creeping in on me. Do you um, think that's because we see people in our 20s with like partners already that they can imagine being with when they're 60s or 70s and you're wondering like, well, when am I going to find someone exactly to be with when I'm 60, right? Yeah, because I have I have friends who are who's been in a relationship for, you know, a couple mm. of years and more. And yeah. I just see how beneficial it is to have a partner, first of all. In terms of like half rent, yeah, half rent. <laughs> Everything's half, half dinner, half travel cost. <laughs> everything is half, and it's really it's expensive to be single. That's <laughs> a conclusion that I had like earlier this week. Totally, it's really expensive totally. to be single. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is my third fear. It's just like I, I w- eventually want to find someone to build something with, and then end this life with someone by my side except for my family because yes you do have a family but they also will grow and will have their own separate lives right with their own partners you know and you envision your life being with someone else when you're at that age yeah exactly exactly Mm. so so that is my third fear i don't know if you can relate to that I think that's interesting. Like, I definitely relate to some parts of it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that mine is very specific to, like, growing old with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like, I always... You know how, like, when you think about you yourself at that age, you're like, that that's the vision you had in mind, right? Right. You're, like, on a lawn chair somewhere with someone else or Mm -hmm. whatever in retirement. And I don't necessarily think about that. I mean, I always envision myself, like, having kids you know, getting married, having kids and growing old. And, you know, my kids will be older by that age. But it's not something that I'm like, afraid of won't happening. Perhaps it's because it's not on like the top of my mind. Right. Because I also feel like I also find a lot of companionship, like within my friends. Yes. That like, I also feel like will carry into like my 60s or 70s. Right. So like, those so in rather than thinking I'm going to grow old alone, you know, I'm not necessarily thinking about like someone by my side, uh-huh. but like perhaps like my friends are still with me at that time and totally. we're still doing the same thing, like shooting the shit. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like even when we're at that age that I'm like, it's not something that like scares me. Yeah. Um, but I think that's totally valid. And I feel like a lot of people would relate to that. Yeah, no, I totally feel you in terms of not looking at it as growing old with a partner, but growing old with friends. That's yeah. one part of life that I'm fortunate with. Like I have a yeah. lot of great friends who mm-hmm. I believe will be my friend till, you know, my last days. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky to have that. But it's also different when you have a partner. Totally. By your side. Totally. And that's, that, that is my third fear. What about you? Yeah. Um, it's hard because like I don't I don't rarely like rank fears, mm-hmm. but like I think there's definitely some that I think about a lot more. Yes. And it's like on the top of my mind and things I talk about to my therapist about mm-hmm. more often. Um, but then there are also things that like I'm like, oh, I, I'm afraid of it, but I'm not that like, you know, kind of like yes uh so scared by it that like i can't do anything um so i would say like one that is like on top of my mind but i don't like often think about too too much Uh and i think 
it's it speaks to like the people around me is like I have this fear of like being perceived a certain way so like I feel like my entire life I've been like this really highly productive highly efficient like just like high achieving person right um and that's not to say I don't fail Mm -hmm. it's like it's more of like the mindset of always wanting to achieve more and more and more. Um, And I feel like my friends perceive me as that because Mm -hmm. one, I say, or I showcase that I am. Right. But then I also would want them to perceive me as that. But then that's also what they tell me that they perceive me as, right? Like Mm -hmm. we've been friends for a long time. Yeah, I've definitely told you that before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just my brand, I guess. Like that's something that I like, hold close to my identity Uh but i think like you know i have always been like super highly productive and high Mm -hmm. achieving all through high school college and then immediately after college too so i've been like non-stop working every single semester of college every summer right after college and when the pandemic hit you know i think that made me question like who am i as a person outside of my achievements like outside Mm -hmm. of all the things that i can do and especially now when I'm 25 in the middle of my 20s, um, I think about that a lot more because I find myself caring less about career driven things and achievement driven things yes. and more about like the things that like I find joy in. And in that journey, I feel like I, in my mind, I've become a more lazy person in my mind as in I'm less productive and less efficient Mm -hmm. and less achieving. And so I have this fear that my friends will perceive me as that, like as someone who can't do anything Mm -hmm. um, rather than someone who used to be able to do everything and get everything. And I'm afraid that in perceiving me differently now, that they would no longer want to be friends with me. And that sounds incredibly silly, right? right? It's so silly to say your fears out loud because yeah, then yeah, you're yeah. like, wait, that's not going to happen. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, but I'm like so afraid of my friend perceiving me as this person who is no longer able to like achieve the things that I want to achieve or help them uh-huh. uh, achieve the things that they want to do. And it, because of that, they no longer want to be friends with me because the person that they became friends with a while ago, while I was still really uh-huh. highly achieving um, is no longer in the same person. Yeah. I see. I feel like that's on them though. If, if that happen, if that do happens and your friends, kind of stop being friends with you because of that that's their fault it's not on you you know what i mean yeah no 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 and i when i say it out loud like i i'm kind of like well i don't have friends like that because you know they didn't become friends with me because i'm able to do things for them or because i'm able to do things right i don't know why they're friends with me but um (laughs) but we can't yeah but we can't help to have these thoughts in our mind like just lingering so irrational like fears are irrational they're not based on concrete research data exactly they're based on like irrational situations that we create in our heads Mm -hmm. um so i i I think that that would be one of them yeah it's like your inner saboteur like just whispering these things in your ear yeah and then something and i have a name for like the evil version of me like Oh, really? 
tell me those things because uh-huh. like you know how like when you get in situations where you're like i'm really hopeful and i yep. want to do this and this and then there's that voice like the evil alfonso that's like you suck like mm-hmm. you can't do anything mm-hmm. and you what uh, yeah i named that voice in my head i feel like, like she's she's a bitch i feel like that relates <laughs> to imposter syndrome especially yeah. in a work setting and mm-hmm. any professional environment where that voice comes in and you're like and the voice is like you're not worthy to be here yeah you know like totally, you're, you're totally. not you're not capable of these things like you're aiming too high like those mm-hmm. thoughts are really it's it does something to yeah. you mentally yeah. I agree. I agree. Wow, we're getting there. Okay. Yeah, we're getting there. We're, I... we're climbing up the ladder of vulnerability. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like we're, we have so much to say about our ultimate fear. So we'll get there. Mm. Um, well, my second fear, or we're, we're not r- ranking these fears, it's just the yeah. most prevalent fears that in our in, 20s now. In our 20s or, now. You know, that, at our current age right that linger in our head for like a, yeah. most of the time um and mine is the sudden death of a loved one like that's so mm. specific but i fear losing loved ones like all mm. of a sudden like out of nowhere you know like act through accidents or whatever it's like i don't know if that's irrational it probably is but I don't know because I don't think I've ever experienced a death loss. of a a loss of yeah. a really close family member. Yeah. Um, except for my sister, like back in 2002, and I was you know seven years old, so I didn't really know yeah. how to process that. But after yeah. that, I and have I have not experienced yeah. a death. And of you a close like one. you haven't spent time with her like physically yet. Exactly. No. Yeah. And I was young, yeah. so it didn't really process as grief as much as you know my mom processed it but it's definitely a fear of mine that's why i come off as paranoid and scared of a lot of things and always Mm. telling my loved ones to be careful always you know yeah yeah yeah. little sisters like when you're crossing the street to go to your school bus be make sure you look left and right making sure no no cars speeding down the road and things like that it's just i fear that I have to go through grief all of a sudden because I wouldn't know how to deal with that at all. Yeah. And I think that fears comes from you not having experienced it before, right? Exactly. So that's like exactly. a really good point to make is that mm-hmm. like oftentimes these fears are based on experiences we've never had before or a mm-hmm. really bad experience we had before and thinking that all future experiences are going to be the same. Yes. Exactly. That's a yeah. good point. Because I, again, I have never experienced it. So I, w- I don't know what to anticipate. I yeah. don't know what would be my coping mechanism. I wouldn't know how I would overcome it. So it's like a fear yeah. that lingers in my mind for when the day comes. Yeah. And I think that's totally valid, you know, a bit, a little bit irrational in that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, irrational in that, like, I mean, of course, like, it's things bad things happen in the world mm-hmm. and like everything like that can happen but like it's irrational in that like you can't control these things happening y- yes and 
the rate of it happening to you rather than your loved ones are uh-huh. also the same. Uh-huh. And yet you go on to live your own life every day, right? right. Like, like rather than approaching it with fear. Uh-huh. So like the rate of something happening to you is the same as something happening to them. Yes. But yet you put more fear around them, mm-hmm. which is understandable because you're the one who has to deal with that loss. Right. You know, even though they are the ones experiencing right. whatever's right, right. happening, you're the ones who has to uh-huh. deal with the loss. And this yeah. ties back to the fact that it's kind of hard for me to leave home. I mean, you know this mm, about me. You know, yeah, I live yeah, home yeah. Yeah. with my family at our house, you know, in the suburbs of Boston. Yeah. And I feel like I'm having a, or I'm going to have a hard time when I leave home mm. because I wouldn't spend as much time with them anymore, like how yeah. I am now. And yeah. that, I think that ties back to this fear of mine of all of a sudden losing them. And I wouldn't have yeah. that time back anymore, you know. But you're right. I can't let that fear control my life and just not do anything about it. Or let it yeah. let that fear consume me and never leave home, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because they are also experiencing the same thing you are. You know, maybe it's one of their fears. Right. And you're the one leaving. So they're probably feeling the same thing. Uh-huh. But, you know, you can't like yes it's cliche to be like you can't let fear control you Uh and all of that but i think like coming from someone who like i have experienced loss when Mm -hmm. i was very young and multiple deaths like throughout my life and i think it is it doesn't get easier to you know experience loss especially if it's like your direct family like your dad or your mom or you know like a really close family member but I think, like, you grow, like, grief is the process in which you continue growing and getting through. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you grow out of. It's something that you grow old with. So, like, that's something that, like, I've definitely learned is that, like, you don't get over someone dying. Yep. Like, that's not, you know, you you get over the pain of losing them mm-hmm. because then the process of trying to remember them and honor their life when they were alive uh carries you through the rest of your life so that's something that you haven't experienced before but that doesn't mean that you can't Uh and i think the fear comes from you thinking when if you lose a really close family member that your life would be shattered Mm -hmm. and that you wouldn't know what to do with your life right Mm -hmm. and then you can't imagine your life without them yes and those are all valid feelings Uh because it 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 goes to show that like that person has lived and has made an impact on your life right but with that being said like your life doesn't just pause right then exactly you know like it'll break and not like you know a, a big part of your life will be kind of like broken apart because they are they were apart they were that glue that mm-hmm. was like tying it together mm-hmm. but then you're going to continue to rebuild it and live a fuller and great life still mm-hmm. in in remembrance of them yeah. and i think that's something that you have to remember when you think about this fear that's very well said um i never really heard that perspective before from someone from someone else because i barely again i barely talk about these fears of mine yeah you know it's kind of these thoughts just linger in my head and i never talk about it to someone 
as deep mm. as I am talking about it now with you. Um, yeah. But I I hear everything that you said about it. I guess it's just finding a way to keep living with, you know, their memories. You just have to keep moving. Um, yeah. And I think a lot about, like, you know, like for your sister, for example, mm -hmm. like, you know, like she didn't get the opportunity to live a life. Right. Um, that like you would want have wanted for her, your mm -hmm. mom would have wanted for her. But I think in remembering her, you you will think about that, how she never got that opportunity. But you should right. also think about how, you know, you yourself should take an opportunity to mm -hmm. live your life to the extent that you want to. Exactly. In remembering her because she never got that opportunity to, you know? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also never thought of that. Um, yeah. yeah. What about you? What my, is your uh, other fear? My other fear? Mm, I think the first and the second ties a little bit. And mm -hmm. maybe they're a little bit connected in that yeah. I think my biggest fear, well, my second biggest fear is definitely um, like not living my life to the extent that I want to um, like kind of like living with like regrets of things that I've done um, and also not making kind of an, a significance on the world. And that's not to say like, I want to cure cancer or like, right. I want to like, you know, like save humanity from uh -huh. climate change. Like that's not something that I'm capable of doing. Uh -huh. But the things that I'm capable of doing, I want to do it to the fullest extent yep. that I can. And I don't want to live a life where I have made no impact mm -hmm. on the world or the people whose lives I'm in um, and like in the field that I work, which yeah. is like so abstract, you know, because I don't right. even know what it is like because people can go out there and be like, I want to make a film that changes people's perception uh -huh. on this uh -huh. and i can't imagine myself saying that because i don't know what it is that i want to do to leave an right. impact or you just, a you just want to leave a mark and that yeah. can come in so many different forms and yeah. you just don't know what how yet you know yeah and i don't think it's about winning awards or like uh -huh. you know things like that it's not about putting my name out there in the uh -huh. world it's more of like there's this thing i really care about right and there are many things i care about uh -huh. but like i find the thing that i care most about and i make something that contributes to the good of that or changes mm -hmm. people's ideas of that to make the world a better place that's what i would like to do but my fear is that i will never live up to the purpose of my life and i don't even know what my purpose is in life or if there is even a purpose so i kind of go in circles of like exactly i'm i'm afraid of not living up to my fullest potential but what is my potential and what does that look like when it's at its fullest it's so hard because like yeah we can't i i don't think we can figure out what our purpose is in our 20s like yeah I think a purpose is a lifetime like journey to discovering mm -hmm. what your what your purpose is, you know? 
like how yeah. you're gonna leave that mark and how you're gonna leave this world and whatever right. or what you're gonna leave to this yeah. world before you before you leave like i don't know it's hard to determine that and that's i think that's what's scary about it that's why we consider it as a fear because mm. it's very uncertain like we don't know what it is yet yeah because what if you find out that your fullest potential is not what you think it looks like what exactly. is like i'm always like and this is, this is like evil annie talking uh-huh. to me annie it's like what if you're not capable of doing anything bigger than you already are doing like yeah. what if you're not isn't that like so evil and mean like i feel like that voice is like what if you're just not good enough to like do whatever it is you want to do like what if you're Uh just what if this is it like (laughs) this is who you are like you're never gonna make a significance on anything or leave anything in this world and i think that's why i'm like so fearful of that but i feel like that's literally our job to diminish those voices Mm. and really not listen to it and then just keep going for what we want to achieve yeah but at the same time it's still so hard because you're right what if oh you know all these what if thoughts like what if i really can't do it what if i'm really not capable of it what if Mm. it's not for me you know Mm. and what if this this already ties into like my ultimate fear um but like what if i'm going after the thing that's really not for me yeah like i don't want to spend i don't want to spend a huge chunk of my life going after something something that you're not not supposed to do yeah like what then how would you know how would you know if you hadn't done it to figure out that you didn't want to do it exactly that's literally the kicker because you don't know the answer to these fears until unless you go after them yeah unless you do it you know yeah and something that has really helped me even though you know i do think about these what ifs Mm -hmm. a lot is someone once told me like in spite of all your what ifs things go wrong what if i can't do this what if why don't you ask yourself and approach every situation Mm -hmm. um like, why don't you ask yourself, you know, what if it worked out? Like, what if I could do it? What if everything went my way? Like, how would you have approached, you know, doing things and setting goals if you asked yourself that? that like, if you ask yourself, what it. if everything worked out? Uh-huh. Would you go for it? Would you go for it? Yeah. Right. But I wish and- my <laughs> brain was like, I wish my brain was that optimistic, you know? Yes, and not yes. full and of this not, pessimistic thought. Yeah. And it's not something that like it's not optimism that we carry every day, right? Uh-huh. Like you can't you can't just be sure about everything. Uh-huh. Right? But I think we have to ask ourselves that when we're really deep in these like you know moments of doubt mm-hmm. where you're just like what if everything worked out actually? Would I go for it? Like will you do you want the best result? like that you could have when you like go after something like the end goal is it worth it like what does that look like right and you're if you're like if everything worked out and i got that i would really love it so i'm gonna go after that knowing that everything is not gonna work out the way you want to Uh but 
as all things in life, I think things are not black and white, you know, like you don't go after something and then you're like, this sucks. I hate everything. You're going to find things you love and you're going to find things that you hate about some things, but then that will kind of uh, contribute to your judgment and your decision to move forward because you can be like, oh, now that I've tried this, I can use this to move forward because I realize that I like this part of this job um, or I hate this part of this job and I'm going to use that to figure out what my next thing is. So it's not black and white in that it's like solidly like uh, this is not going to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I think you have to give yourself a little bit more benefit and a little bit more trust to yes. be able to figure things out. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I agree. And that, yeah. that, 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 that basically covers what my ultimate fear is. And mm. that is the fear of failing to achieve my dreams. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know if that's clear enough, but failing to achieve my dreams. But do you know what your dreams are? Like, can you concretely say these yes. are my dreams? So failing to be able to share my story and leave mm. that story to this world before mm-hmm, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I want to do is tell... LGBTQ stories, you know, centered yeah. on Southeast Asian stories. Your um, own lived experiences. Yeah, my own lived experiences. And you can tell a story in so many ways, you know. Yeah. You can tell it through film. You can tell it through a book. You can tell it mm. through a podcast. Like, this is also storytelling. Exactly. So yeah. there's so many forms of storytelling that I still can't determine which path avenue. to take. Which avenue yeah. to take. But your goal is to tell your story. Just to tell my story and the rest yeah. of the stories that exist in our community, in my community. Right. In the LGBT right. community right. and Southeast Asian community. It's mm. That's all I ever want to do, you know? And yeah. I think my fear is not contributing, contributing anything to those communities. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. Today... You, or tomorrow, you uh-huh. can wake up and you can be like, I'm going to tell a story on my podcast about my people uh-huh. and how I grew up there and how it's really hard for me to grow up from where I came from and uh-huh. then moved to America and growing up, you know, um, in this community in Boston or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can choose to do that. Right. Right. But you wouldn't say that you have achieved your dream yet, right? Right, exactly. Because I think the root of that fear comes from how people um, perceive you as well as how they kind of, um, the audience Mm -hmm. in which you are sharing it to and their response. So I, I don't think the fear is rooted in you not doing it. Is you want you the act of you doing it whatever content or format it's in yeah to be well received right exactly like yes exactly like i think that's the uncontrollable part of it because you can control the part where you go out there tomorrow and you make a film about your life or Mm -hmm. you write a book about it or you go on a podcast and you share it Mm -hmm. but the root of the fear comes from you wanting to do it and sharing it to a grand, like, you know, big audience. A big scale, and yeah. A big scale and them perceiving it and receiving it well and uh-huh. loving it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? That, that, that's a part of it, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the ultimate goal, I Totally, think. 100%. And then I guess the fear is more of fearing of 
being a flop. I guess yeah. is like the basic terms like, of like you go up there and you make something and everyone hates it. Yeah, and it's not it's not as good as you think it is. It's not mm -mm. as impactful as you think it was going to be. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's and like, I think you know, as filmmakers, this is what we're gonna go through uh -huh. <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Uh -huh. And I think it's hard, right, to yeah. put so much of yourself out yep. there into the world and have the world judge it just for what they see mm -hmm. rather than how much work it goes into making something. Yeah. It's hard. It's so hard. But does that mean then you just don't do it? No. And then, but then you'll never be criticized or judged or have any hate comments or haters come after you. Right. You'll live a peaceful life. Exactly. Um, of no judgment. Exactly. Uh, and criticism. And, and if that's the life you want to live, then, you know, go for it. I'm like, yes, yeah. like that's that's what you choose. And I don't think there's any shame uh -huh. in that. But I think if what you want is for something to be well received and loved by people. First, I think you have to make honest art, like, uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can't make something for the sake of people loving it. You have exactly. to make it because it speaks to you and you have then to make it, it for yourself. Yeah. And and I think, you know, and if people don't love it and people have something to say about it, it's not like, fuck you. You don't understand what I'm doing. It's uh -huh. like, why don't people get it? Like, how can I be better at telling people what I want to say? You know, right. how can that contribute to me becoming someone who is better at doing that? Uh -huh. um, I think that's the way we should frame it around because... Like, how, how are you going to get better? What if the first time you make a film, it's the best film everyone's ever seen? And that's it. Like, that's that's you don't need to do any growing. You don't need to become a better filmmaker. Right. Like, that is so boring. Right. You know, right, right, right. like if there's no hardship whatsoever in you making something, then there's like no fun in it. There's no growth in it. There's there's, there's no there's character development in it. You yeah, know? exactly. If you look you're at your done. life as a series, as a or as a yeah. movie, there's no you're just done. Yeah, there's like, no like ups, ups and downs. You know. Yeah, you're like I'm so talented. I made this. is great. Everyone loved it. Right. And then that's it. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> I so, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's hard because it's like I think as filmmakers. At least for me, for me, my personal mm -hmm. enemy is self-doubt. Yeah. yeah. Self-doubt lives in my mind rent-free 24-7. Right. <laughs> like it's, I do, I battle with self-doubt every single day, every single second right. of my life. And, you know, I feel like I'm navigating my 20s trying to overcome that self-doubt mm -hmm. and trying to really tell myself that if I just really go for it, I, I, it, it may happen, you know, my dreams may actually come true, mm. but it's hard with all these fears. If you combine them all together, mm. it messes up with your head. 100%. And that is, and that is our job to really try and not let that mess in our head control our lives. Mm -mm. Because I think when the more you talk about it, you're able to unravel 
exactly these, like many many different fears because in your head you think it's this big cloud of things mm-hmm. that you can't control but then the more you talk about it you're like oh it's, here's a string of consciousness this what i think my yes. fear is and here's another one and here's another one and that's what we're doing right now and it's like putting them yes. out there and it's like oh okay they look pretty manageable to me. Like, right, right, of course, right. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, I no longer I am fearless. I have mm-hmm. no fear. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, I have a fear of X, Y, Z. But today I'm going to live in spite of that. That yep. gives you a clear idea of like how to approach, you know, your life and how to go about your day. Right. Living a more fearless life, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know what that looks like, living a fearless life. It's like, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who are just living a fearless life, but I personally, I can't imagine myself without fears. Yeah. Like, are there there positive things of having a fear? Like, one of these fears that we talked about? I think, I don't, I I wouldn't say there's, like, benefits of having fear. Like, I think people, I don't think there's anyone living without fear, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think someone who lives without fear is very privileged, as in they have no fear of like being like financially unable Uh to do something. So that means they have like that backup plan or security of that. Mm -hmm. And if someone who lives without the fear of like um, their loved ones dying or losing a loved one means you know they don't have people in their lives that they care about enough to have that fear That's so, so i think i don't envy people without fear uh-huh. <laughs> i think fear makes us human it, yeah. it makes us like care about things and it means like we've lived a life so i wouldn't like necessarily want to not have any fears <laughs> totally totally what about you? What is your sort of ultimate fear that is always in your mind? Like, what is the main one? I think many things contribute to this. Mm-hmm. And when I strip down all of my fears, I think this is at the root of it. Mm. Um, I want to live a life or I want to be someone who is like, worthy like i want to be someone who is worthy of being loved like someone who is lovable as in and it's not just romantic love Uh right it's like i want to be someone who someone would love as a friend like i want to be someone who someone can love as a family member i want to be someone who someone can love as a mentor or as a teacher you know as a filmmaker and And I think it goes back to, right, like me wanting to make a significance in the world and me um, wanting to be perceived as highly productive or everything that I do, I think, in my life contributes to this fear of like being someone who is unlovable. Uh Um, Because what does that look like? Like, how do I be worthy of being loved? Mm and I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question, right? I can only live to, like, the best of my ability to right. be the best of, like, what I can be. But, like, that also doesn't guarantee someone to love you. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like not everyone... I feel like it's a fact that not everyone will 
love you for who you are. Mm, mm, mm. You know what I mean? I, f- I feel mm-hmm. like we have to live with that fact that not everyone's going to like me. Not everyone's going to be yeah. a cup of tea. I'm not going to be yeah. everyone's cup of tea. Um, yeah. And is that the fear that you're talking about? It's not. I think it's different from being likable, right? Like, I uh-huh. don't want to be liked by everyone. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not something I want to achieve. But I want to be able to leave a significance in other people's lives, the people whose lives I'm in, uh-huh. and the people who are in my lives to be someone who's worthy of being loved by them. And that's very different than being liked <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. by that's people. A good, that's a good yeah. distinction, like versus yeah. loved. Um, yeah, I see the word we were talking about earlier how fears are different mm-hmm. you know and how they can be drastically different from one another and that is very different from my ultimate fear yeah of you know leaving this world with nothing and just being a flop mm-hmm. of an artist mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus you being loved by the people around you mm. and being loved for what you do mm. you know mm-hmm. and you know you put important like a lot of importance on that fear and i put a mm. lot of importance on my fear yeah so it's like how do we really navigate through those fears you know yeah i mean i, I don't think there's like solutions for overcoming our fears in uh-huh. like short amount of time exactly but i think one of the things that would really help is just like what we are doing right now is kind of just talking about these things, right? right? And kind of processing them and with being one op- another. And being open about it. Um, yeah. Because you can't, yeah. we can't res- resolve these fears like after this podcast episode. Like that's yeah. not, that's not going to happen. I feel like these fears are going to exist throughout our 20s, even our 30s, yeah. 40s. We don't know. Um Yeah. And I think just like all of our complicated emotions and feelings and things like that, mm-hmm. we have to find a way in which we come to peace and knowing how to learning how to live with these fears mm-hmm. um, with through our everyday um, without, you know, having them hindering our lives. Yeah. Is like, I think the goal, the goal is not to overcome these fears completely because, uh-huh. you know, maybe you'll still carry it with you as you enter your 30s. Right. And, Maybe those fears will change into something else, mm-hmm. you know? But I think it's about finding peace within that. And finding peace comes from understanding what they are. Mm-hmm. And then coming to terms with the fact that I, myself, am a human being with these fears. And that's okay. Because tomorrow, I'm going to do my best in spite of right. this. Um, and and I think that's the first step. Do you think, do you think fear ties in directly with the concept of happiness because i feel Mm. like throughout our lives especially in our 20s at least i am trying to figure out what is happiness and how am i gonna how can i live a happy life is it right through overcome the fears that i have is it to finally achieve what i want to achieve which ties back into my ultimate fear of not achieving what I want to achieve, you know? So that means I'm well, just not going to be happy. 
I think you can find a lot of answers about happiness within your fears because the question you asked about what is what makes me happy mm-hmm. like what what does happy look like to me exactly. right because without without that how can you be happy because you don't know what even makes you happy right right so similar to fear is like if you look at your fears and if you strip them down to its core you'll find that on the opposite ends of it that's what makes you happy because if you look at your fears right and you're like i'm i'm afraid of achieving not achieving something before i die mm-hmm. so when the opposite ends of it be you achieving that and being well received or whatever it is you put out there in the world being well received by people isn't that something that would make you happy right so isn't our fear or aren't our fears just kind of different things that we think would prevent us from being happy or our true like you know our ultimate at our ultimate happy self is uh, are all of these fears kind of telling us well what if what if i don't deserve to be happy and mm-hmm. these are all the fears i have right because yeah. you're like i have a fear of my family dying and whatever and uh-huh. it's like isn't your ultimate happiness like uh, all all of your family members being alive and healthy and yep. you getting to spend time with them and so I think on the opposite spectrum of what your fears are, you can yeah. find the answer you, to that. That is literally so very well said because it's like fear and happiness, they're like at the end of each other, mm-hmm. you know? Like if we live life with so much fear, I feel like we won't be experiencing a happy life because mm. we let fear consume us. But if we, you know, try and not be too fearful and not let fear consume mm-hmm. us, then we would be more on the happier side. It's like a spectrum, basically. Yeah, because I think ultimately what fear is doing is saying, you don't deserve to be happy. Uh-huh. Um, basically, happiness is like, here are all the things that like makes me happy, right? Uh-huh. I can list out all these things. And fear is like, my fear is never being able to achieve any of those things yes. or all of those things happening. <laughs> yeah, so it's like pulling you back into a fearful, living a uh-huh. fearful life. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you're on this opposite end of like, but I just told you what all the things that make me happy are. Yeah. And you just use that against me, uh, which is how our brain works. It's literally, uh, it's literally like a tug of war. <laughs> You know, one day you feel super positive and then the next day it's like you're on the other end where you're just afraid of not achieving that happiness, whatever your happiness is, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that brings us to, I think, this ultimate kind of like idea of just being more mindful about mm-hmm. like your feelings and emotions and the thoughts that you have in your head right exactly. and i think we can go through life just not pausing and thinking about uh-huh. how we're feeling or what we're thinking about uh-huh. and and i think us doing this right now is kind of an example of that exactly and we think about so many of these things every day and in our 20s but we don't stop and just talk about them and process uh-huh. them for what they are right because when we do process them like we did today it's pretty clear 
what it looks like. Exactly. Uh, and, and like, or how we can continue to live our lives and, you know, despite feeling a certain way, but, right. but then we, we get into the cycle of like being busy and being distracted mm-hmm. and just, you know, trying to win a race that like no one's kind of running in, exactly. <laughs> um, in this, in this race that we made up in our head. Um, that I feel like that really prevents us from living a more mindful life. Yeah. I feel like that's a, that's a great way to tie in all, everything that we talked about. Mm-hmm. A great way to end the conversation is to us, we like we need to realize as well as other people in their 20s yeah. to be more, like you said, mindful and also mm-hmm. give ourselves a little grace that we're mm. only in our 20s. Right. You know, we're not supposed to... If you have it all together, figure it out, good <laughs> for you. But in our 20s, that's what our 20s are about. we right. figuring life right. out. Figuring it out, right. what we want to do, what will bring happiness to us, you know, trying to mm. deal with our fears. And again, just... Don't put too much pressure on ourselves in terms of these things. Mm-hmm. And just be a little more graceful on ourselves. Because again, life is short, one. Two, mm. life is very unexpected. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. So yeah. you really, we have to balance out these fears and these goals with just living in the present. Mm-hmm. Because if you live too much in the future and, you know, you're like tunnel, you know, tunnel zone, like you're just looking at the end goal and you're not mm. li- really living in the present and then you don't even make it to the end goal because something tragic happens, mm. then wherever you end up being, you look at you look back at your life and you're just going to be like, wow, I probably I went down the wrong way. Right. <laughs> like I sh- probably should have just lived in the present a little more than i should have mm-hmm. you know 100 percent. yeah so we just gotta have yeah. to balance it out with just living in the now while yeah. still you know planning a little bit of the future because that's mm-hmm. where we're heading so we have to plan a little bit something right. for that but again balancing it out with living now mm-hmm. yeah because i'm the type of person who believes in destiny like what's for you will come for you Mm. Um, but you have to work for them you can't just sit around and let them come to you like that's not what i mean by destiny what i mean by destiny is if you work for it destiny might meet you halfway and you'll eventually achieve it right yeah i agree that is i feel like that's a great way to end this (laughs) Um, thank you for v- being vulnerable and open and mm. honest about this. You know, you, we don't know who's going to listen to this podcast episode, mm. but whoever's listening, you know, hopefully you learned a little bit something from our experiences, um, whether you can relate to our fears or not. I feel like the process of having a fear, navigating mm. through them um, is relatable enough for people in our 20s. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We encourage you to sit down with a friend or two and um, try the similar conversation and see how it works out for you. That is, that's a great tip. Sit down with someone you 
you know, trust and love and someone who you think will have open ears and listen to you. And ask them, what's your fear? What's your biggest fear? Yeah, exactly. And listen to you genuinely. And just really just an open conversation. And you never know how much how much it'll help you mentally. And you just never know what's going to happen or what the outcome is going to be from that conversation. Because mm-hmm. this conversation certainly helped me with something, you know, yeah. at least planning a little bit of something down the road. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Annie. Yeah. Um, I, hope you, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I loved it. Thanks for inviting me on. What's up, 20s? Again, we might see Annie again down the road, but (laughs) this is the fear episode. Yanka is going to make an episode about fear too, about her top three fears. And she's going to invite her guest, who is a close friend of hers, just like how I invited Annie for mine. (laughs) So again, thank you guys so much. That's it. Have a great time listening to this.